The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. And uh, thank you for joining us on this Friday edition of our podcast. And we hope this will be an encouragement today. Uh, whether you're watching this live at 11 o'clock on Facebook or YouTube, or uh, whether you are catching this later on demand or listening to the audio version uh, through the Source of Truth podcast audio version, we're glad you're with us and uh, hope this can be a help and encouragement. As you know, we're going for a few episodes now through the book of Job. And Job has got 30, uh, several chapters and so more, a lot. So you would assume this would take maybe a couple months. Uh, but as you know, we're going we're gonna to approach this differently. And this is much more of a synopsis. Generally, what we do in these devotionals is we go verse by verse, section by section, just unpack those, usually two to four verses, unpack them, look at them, and then move on. And uh, we've taken a couple months just to go through things like the book of Ephesians. Uh, the book of Job is unique in the fact that large chunks, typical to Old Testament writings, it, it's large chap- several chapters to deal with one situation. And so what's happened is we, we talked in more detail in the first couple chapters of the, what's really going on. And then what we see is we see these three friends, uh, friends Eliphaz, Zophar, Bildad, and these three friends have come, and we've already gone through a bit of a highlight of what these three men said and kind of condemning all of them, not really, kind of condemning Job, claiming that Job's current circumstances are undoubtedly a result of his sin, even though we know that to be untrue. They did not, and this was still their argument that this was obviously Job's fault. And so what happens then is these three men go back at Job again. And frankly, I think it's two times they go back at him again. And they just keep going, and they keep going, and they keep going. And and every time they come back at Job, they come back even harder, more arrogant, more, more convinced in Job's sin and convinced in their godliness, shall we say, that he's wrong and our job is to get them. And, and frankly, I'll be honest with you, from pastor's perspective, I, I can see their perspective that they really believe where they're coming from. They really believe that Job was in sin and the, their job was to help them see that so he could come to healing. If they had left and he stayed in his self-righteous sin, they'd failed. So uh, they were wrong because they were so convinced in their own knowledge of God and own knowledge of the circumstance, uh, they totally missed what was going on. I believe a godly man of discernment, a godly woman of discernment, won't walk into a circumstance completely convinced of their own knowledge and their own righteousness, but will come in and will take time to find out what's going on. Listen to the person. Find out what's going on. Now, let me. here's what happens. So what we're going to do is we're not going to go through those other responses. You can read those. We're actually going to jump up to chapter 32, and we're going to jump in and be surprised by somebody and tell this chapter we didn't even know was there. Another young man by the name of Elihu, he knows he's younger, we'll see in a moment. He stated he was younger. More than likely, a bit, if you want to call it a bit of an apprentice, as he's sitting watching, traveling with these men, learning the, 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 the art of teaching and mentoring and uh, not necessarily the greatest example of it in this scenario. So what we're going to do is going to hear from Elihu. And, and so now you'll find at the beginning is very angry, but may, you know, not always necessarily for the reasons you might think. So Job chapter 32, verse 1. So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Simply, these three men stopped because they believed Job was being self-righteous. He was being arrogant. He was unwilling to acknowledge what was obvious to everybody except Job. He was in sin and he just needed to get it right. Job insisted upon his integrity, which we know from knowing how this passage started in the first few chapters, it was accurate. He was 
right. He was right with God, and we can see that, and that just angered these people, so they just stopped. They said, we're done. You don't want to hear us. It's a waste of our time. In chapter 32, verse 2, then was the wrath of, uh, the kin- I'm sorry, then was kindled the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Buzite, of the kindred of Ram. Against Job was his wrath kindled, but he justified himself rather than God. And so, now notice he said he didn't say that Job, God was punishing him. He goes, he just justified himself. He came in and he stood on his own righteousness. Verse 3, also against his three friends was his wrath kindled because they had found no answer and yet condemned him. So he looks at these older men and said, you have come to a conclusion of Job's condition, but you've not been able to prove it. And you know, more than once was this court case scenario brought up in all of these chapters. And he goes, Job, you're, you're more concerned with yourself and you haven't even referenced God, although and Job had really, to be honest. And then you look back at, these three men, he goes, you've come to a full conclusion and you've not been able to prove your point. He's got some wisdom, especially when he references these three men. You're concluding something and you have no fact. Now, we'll, let's see a little bit how Job, how Elihu responds. He starts, I love, he starts off a little bit with deference. It's a bit, sounds rude, not as rude as it sounds. In verse 6, Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Buzite, answered and said, I am young. And ye are very old. Now, you say, wait a minute, that sounds rude. Well, it's a very patriarchal society. Age demanded deference. Age demanded respect. That's why they were commenting Job was often um, kind of confronting and teaching other people. His age demanded that. You, you looked at somebody older and immediately you gained respect. You showed deference and respect to them because of their age. By the way, I think it's still a thing we should do today. I think we should learn from the heritage of people before us. While there are bits of technology, younger people may grab a hold of easier. There's things of life that only come with age. I, I will say I think we can learn from him in that area. He also says in the second half of verse 6, he says, Wherefore I was afraid, and durst not to show mine own opinion. I said they should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. So he says, I'm nervous because of my age. I, I was just going to sit here. Um, you are wise. These three men are even are wise. I'm a young person sitting here, and frankly, I shouldn't speak. But he does. Now, I will say that I appreciate the fact, although he goes the longest of all of them, I will say I appreciate the fact that he at least shows a level of deference before jumping on arrogance. That doesn't mean he wasn't arrogant. It just means he showed a level. I uh, showed respect, and at least at that point, put himself in a position to where I was nervous, but let me share my opinion. So let's learn a little bit about who he was in verse 8. He goes, There's a spirit in a man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Great men are not, uh, great men are not always wise, neither do the aged understand judgment. Therefore I said, Hearken unto me, I will show thee my opinion. So he says, listen, older men, while we know they should be wiser by that, that's not always the case. Sometimes they don't listen to the Almighty. Sometimes they're unwilling to grow, unwilling. And by the way, we learned that with the other three men and their unwillingness to take a little bit of wisdom into this scenario. Uh, and he says, so what I'm going to do, I love what he says. He goes, I'm not going to show you the truth. He said, I'm going to show you my opinion. And, and I believe that was a great way. So he, now he confronts Job. Verse 5, if thou canst answer me, set thy words in order before me, stand up. And so Eli confronts him. He goes, if you think I'm wrong, say something. He goes, make my point. Tell me I'm wrong where I'm at in some of these areas. And he just comes right at Job and confronts him. And here's what he does. And this is actually, you see this in legal affairs, it's good in debate. He repeats back to Job things that Job has said. Verse 8, surely thou hast spoken in my hearing, and I have heard the voice of thy words, saying, I am clean without transgression. I am innocent, neither is any iniquity in me. Behold, he findeth occasion against me. He counteth me for his enemy. He putteth my feet in stocks. He maketh all my path. Behold, in this 
this thou art not just, I will answer thee that God is greater than man. So he repeats back to Job saying, I have not sinned. God is choosing to do this to me, but for no reason. And he says, wait a minute, God is greater. And he, so he makes the point, comes back and he says, um, and thou, thou art not just, Job, I will answer thee, God is greater. You're wrong in how you approach Job, uh, God, as he said to Job. And then in verse 34, he says, Elihu makes a great argument about God. Therefore, hearken unto me, ye men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. So the one thing Elihu does is he comes right back and states, this really isn't about these three men, it's not even really about Job. This is about God. And whatever God chooses to do, God is right in what he's doing. So if we can pull anything from all this long-winded conversation from Elihu, is we can pull that he used wisdom uh, and that he really just kind of focused attention back to God. And he said, if Job is wrong, then God is right in what he's doing. If Job is really without sin, then God is right in what he's doing. And it was, a, it was a great approach to make in that scenario. And again, Job comes back and, and states, you know, his, you know, he continues to hold his, his uh, innocence in this. But right after we feel Elihu, then it jumps back into God's response. We'll get back to that here uh, starting next week. But again, this is very different how we approached it and we see. Now, I, I will say this. Don't be careful. Younger generation is going to say, see, we're smarter. The one thing I will give the younger generation in this case is sometimes as we get older, we get so set in our ways and so set in our opinion of what's going on that sometimes we allow our advanced wisdom due to our age and experience which we have we allow that to supersede the fact that we need to be back on our knees and find out god what's going on what is going on with job what can we learn from this and again old testament was different in communication to god than it is today we have the holy spirit they did not have that on a continual basis uh, but i just think that we instead of walking into a scenario so convinced or right and maybe 20 years ago the circumstance we approached was different but we've just got to be wise in how we approach things give the benefit of the doubt and, and really seek god's face we studied this sunday um, that when Samuel was confronted by the children of Israel and they wanted a king, and they used the struggles of Samuel's sons incorrectly, but they wanted a king, uh, Samuel was offended himself. Samuel was offended for God, and he knew this was not really what God wanted, so he comes back. But I got to give Samuel respect. He comes back to God, and he says, God, I, I can't believe this. He was frustrated. But instead of lashing out to the crowd, he went to God. That is great wisdom. That is great wisdom. We can even go to James, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. These men just jumped in with their opinion instead of taking time. So at least this guy took time to listen a little bit and you see a lot more wisdom, in, at least in his approach in Elihu, than you see in the other men. So as we come back and pick up Monday, we're gonna begin looking at the aspect of God's response to all of this. Again, thanks for joining us this week as we've taken a much of a highlighted view of a larger book in a quicker time. We appreciate you taking time to join us with that and we hope you join us again on Monday.